0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the very first episode of the Honky Tonk Heroes podcast. We are so glad to have you here today. Um, if you love fiddle, steel guitar, or beautiful songwriting, and you reject the inauthentic generic crap that a lot of Nashville seems to be putting out right now, then you are in the right spot today, ladies and gentlemen. In this episode, I talked to up-and-coming Texas country artist David Pugh. David currently has six songs available on all streaming platforms and is making waves in the Texas music scene. Uh, His style is reminiscent of some other Texas guys like Dylan Wheeler and Co. Wetzel, uh, also kind of similar to uh, a Wyatt Flores style in a way. It was an honor to have David come on our first episode and to get to know such a talented guy. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys enjoy. All right, David. Well, welcome on to Honky Tonk Heroes, man. It's awesome to have you. Thank you so much for coming on.
1: Appreciate being here.
0: So let's start off discussing your EP Down the Stairwell Side A by just giving us a rundown on how it came about.
1: Yeah, uh, totally. So I first started writing probably about a year and a half ago. Um, Started doing, kind of lame, but I started doing poetry back in high school and it just kind of converged into that. Uh, writing thing so I pretty much picked up most of the actual country styling probably my sophomore year of college and then um went into writing probably around November December of 2021 I, I do really can't remember the the year based off of that but um wrote about two or three and then I realized that it was actually kind of kind of fun for me so I just kept going and I ended up meeting somebody in my freshman year class well his freshman year my sophomore year and we sat next to each other and then we found out probably six months later that we were (laughs) both into music and we started working together in April around there and it started off kind of rough with trying to figure out how exactly we were going to do it. But then I went on an internship for, for college and ended up sending him a file of me in my attic, which was super hot. It was like a hundred degrees in Houston, but (laughs) I just grabbed a little bed foam and wrapped it around a microphone. (laughs) And, uh, it was, it was super weird, but I sent it over and, um, we had already put together some stuff for that song, and so I sent over the recording, and then we just decided to put it out just because, and it ended up doing better than I expected. Yeah, it's and done really well. It's kind of crazy. I mean, it was just like a terrible attic recording, but it just <laughs> the way that one of the uh, one of the guys that did a review on it put it was, it has character with where it was recorded. So i i like to view it like that so
0: no totally man other and than that yeah yeah i mean it seems a lot like it's kind of like i mean you look at a guy like zach bryan dude like he's kind of done a similar thing you know he he didn't have like a recording studio when he recorded deanne you know they were putting mattresses up on the walls you know and he was recording it in there so it's like i think it's a lot more about the content of that song right and and just the songwriting the lyricism and it is so impressive i mean it's just beautiful it's like poetry, like you Thank said. You. I mean, you can you can tell that you're a poet. So when did you pick up guitar? Did you learn growing up?
1: I first learned playing piano when I was probably like five, and I did theory and that kind of stuff for a while. And then when I moved down to Texas, I pretty much gave it up on the theory side, but I just kept playing like the popular stuff. And I picked up guitar, but I was pretty much one of those four-chord guys, but the chords still weren't very good. And so... <laughs> I kind of stayed like that for a couple of years, and then when I got to my sophomore year, I I kind of started learning a little bit more along the way, and I was like, okay, well, there's a lot more to this than just C, G, and D, and so I just dove in a little bit more, Mm. and then it kind of progressed into me trying to sing along with it, and then, I mean, it didn't start out very well, because I was trying to... trying to hit all these notes that I was hearing on the radio and stuff like I was listening to in the car. And so (laughs) I would go to the stairwell, which is where I'll get to in a second. I went down to the A&M stairwell and I just kept trying to belt out notes at like 11 midnight around there. And (laughs) it was super, super weird because it was like hundred degrees in there too. Oh man. Which is so, so odd.
0: (laughs) I bet. Damn dude. Yeah. I mean those, uh, those stairwell recordings, that kind of, you know, you got a few of them up on TikTok, right? I mean, are that's pr- that's as raw as it gets. It's pretty cool to see that. It seems like a good way to get exposure now is to just sit there with a guitar and freaking put it up on TikTok, and you get, you know, thousands yeah. of views on it. I mean, it's awesome. So you mentioned your friend that's been helping you, Grant. Uh, what's his role in your music then?
1: So Grant and I basically work in a partnership where he does majority of production side, and then I write all the songs and all the lyrics, stuff like that, and kind of just bring it together. And it, it works pretty well because we both have different strengths and it just kind of meshes well together and creates the, the full effect.
0: So I saw that the TikTok star, Philip Bowen, played the tune in With You Gone. What is the story behind that?
1: I DMed Philip probably in June or July, around there. And I was, pretty eager to finish it after we had had the original acoustic recording of it. Cause it was supposed to just be a straight acoustic. And then I kept telling Grant I said, man, there's something missing on this. It's like, it's, it doesn't have to be much, but there's just one, one small thing wrong with it. And he's, he, I don't know. And then I just DM'd him and then he sent me, sent me a set of prices. And I was like, man, do I really want to pay this right now? I'm <laughs> like, cause I mean, at the time he was still really popular, but I felt like for what he was offering it should have been more and so I was like you know what, I'm just gonna take it. So I ended up dropping dropping a little bit of cash and I sent him the file and everything and then he got back to it super quick and he's incredible to work with because I mean he was lightning quick one day turnover and wow. I was I remember because I was very eager and I think I put um pushed a little too hard and it showed a little bit of the immaturity side of everything and (laughs) I said that I wanted to wanted to try and have it very very soon he was super understanding about it and he worked quick so
0: yeah yeah he's incredibly talented so you just sent him the demo and he came up with the tune then
1: yeah he completely did that whole thing himself and I mean it definitely elevated it based off of the original acoustic recording and man I mean I, it was a very weird feeling whenever I heard it for the first time. Cause I heard the dry sampling and then when it got put together with the whole thing, I went, Whoa, <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> I know, man, it's, it's absolutely
0: beautiful. He did, he did such a wonderful job. And that fiddle solo is so prominent and with you gone, which is more of a traditional sound than the rest of uh, your other releases, I'd say. So in the future, do you see yourself playing more of that like Texas rock style or more of a traditional sounding country music?
1: I probably wouldn't say more towards the traditional side. I, it was something where, I mean, I love traditional music, um, like Flatland, um, Mm -hmm. Charles Wesley Godwin's really good too. Mm -hmm. Um, even the Panhandlers, I just listened to their full album a couple Mm -hmm. days ago. I mean, they're, they're great. Um, I love that kind of music, but then again, I don't have the stuff to be able to make that Mm -hmm. right now with what I work with. So, that all the stuff that we are able to do here is mainly based around that kind of a genre where we're able to do electric guitars acoustic guitars and then work with what we have mm-hmm. so for right now i'd probably say that it's going to be geared a little bit more towards a alternative ish country sound yeah. with a little bit more southern rock
0: yeah that's all i mean it's a great sound and it's it is the like it is the like staple of Texas. I think is like the Texas sound right there for sure. <laughs> um, is that kind of like an influence? I guess it sounds like you know fl- you mentioned Flatland and and the Panhandlers. Do you like right. like when you when you're just listening to music? Do you kind of lean one way? Do you listen to like majority Texas music or or Appalachia, or do you kind of are you all over the place with everything?
1: I'm all over the place. I mean, obviously for for me personally, I would listen to co Dylan Wheeler for that Texas rock influence mm-hmm. um, for something outside for more of like a nostalgic feel, obviously guys like Zach Bryan. um Zach, Zach's a, a big influence on, the stuff that i write because I, I like the way that he approaches the writing aspect of it but mm-hmm. for the other stuff i'd probably say zach bryan tyler childers i love drayton farley and muscadine bloodline because mm-hmm. they also got a little bit of that southern rock to them too yeah. but they kind of mixed it in with a little bit more of like a, a nashville-ish kind of red dirt sound which mm-hmm. is really interesting to me but the way that they write their lyrics too that's just what
0: i look for What, what song, I mean, obviously these are all songs that are very, that are very personal to you. Is there one song that you've written that is
1: uh, more important
0: to you than the others?
1: I'd have to think about that for a second. I would probably say that the most important would be song off of side B Mm -hmm. and it's one that we're working towards right now. And, um, the way that we kind of structured the the EP is that the side A is going to be more reflective of what happened during the first year of everything and how it kind of downward spiraled. Mm-hmm. And we hit that point of damaged ends where we're, we're at like rock bottom and we try and figure out where we're going to go from here. So it's kind of like a, a step down to a step up. And so side B is going to be more reflective of the climb out and kind of figuring out what's going on. But I'd say a song off side B that I really enjoy is one called uh, "Break 'Em Off," and that's the first one that I ever wrote. And that was one back when uh, I was like two months into singing and doing that kind of stuff. And I sat down in in the stairwell and I wrote that one out and took probably four hours. And I stayed there till 3 a.m. trying to figure it out. But
0: it was a toughie. So would you say there's a storyline to the album as a whole then? Is it, like, meant to be listened to in order?
1: I'd, I'd probably say that, yeah. Listening in order would definitely get better of the feel for it, but, mm-hmm. I mean, all the songs are pretty much storytelling, so yeah. you can jump in wherever you want and figure out what's going on. Man, that's
0: so cool, yeah. I I And is there any uh, any estimate whatsoever on, on kind of the arrival of Side B within, you know, a few months or a year? or
1: You haven't... I'd probably say, I mean, definitely within the year, um I'm working right now trying to get everything set up regarding playing live, mm-hmm. so that's probably the biggest biggest priority right now is getting a little bit more cash so that we can do side B because all the production and all the stuff except for the mastering stage for the e p at least um came from in house, so we have to work with what we got and be able to fund what what we're actually doing so it's a big thing
0: so you're gonna you're kind of planning on playing would you like to play some shows around college station then is that kind of where you're starting off local or just anywhere you
1: can get it, it or I, i'd probably say college station would be a good start and yeah. then if anything ever happens then probably a little bit farther but i mean for right now yeah, i gotta remember that i got school to also take care of and that's always a priority for me and dealing with the people around me and taking care of what my other priorities are, and then it comes to what I can do on the side. So Nice. Well, speaking of school, you go
0: to Texas A&M currently, correct? I do. So I saw that the Aggies beat Alabama in basketball. Are you a big sports fan? Uh, I would say so, yeah. They beat them in basketball last week, but I want you to take me back to October 10th, 2021. You had to remember this day. This was the day Texas A&M beat number one Alabama in football. Uh, field goal yes. what um what were you doing on that day were you in the in the stands were you at a bar watching it were you at home were you asleep I mean what?
1: <laughs> this was going to sound really depressing but I was actually at home um <laughs> yeah that when we talk about the the side of the ep that's more reflective of that time period so okay when I moved back to college station my sophomore year I had uh been trying to figure out where I was gonna belong because I mean I grew up in college station from eighth grade all the way through senior year and then I moved away for a year and then came back but when I came back a lot of the kind of structure in the groups that I already formed kind of disappeared or kind of didn't really work out too well so I ended up living by myself and uh yeah that was a rough time so I didn't really have anybody to really go out with or do anything with and pretty sure I just sat at home and just by myself watch the game
0: oh so that inspiration for side a comes in that darker period what what was kind of like going on in your life at that time
1: it it was just a complete combination of a a bunch of things i'm a couple of of things happened and regarding personal relationships with uh i mean some some deaths and then some mm -hmm. other things too and it just kind of downward spiraled with a couple of added medications and just went to hell couldn't tell you
0: I think there's a lot of young men that can relate to that, unfortunately. Um, It seems a lot of young guys are pretty lost right now. Do you agree with that?
1: I'd say so. Uh, A lot of times with people who are my age, they tend to push things down or kind of set it aside, but I mean, it's always really there. Mm -hmm. I mean, but once you kind of grow up and go through that kind of stuff, you realize that a lot of times you have to push it down to protect the people around you, but I think that that's a big thing regarding how I felt when listening to albums like um Purgatory or BN and even even stuff where it kind of takes me back a while back like a like a Co-Epsil album his earlier releases where you listen to him talk about more the vice side of everything but it's more about how people who are more influential are able to talk about things that you're also able to relate to. I mean, I totally get that, but I, I, I really don't try to make people relate to what I, to what I write. It's more in the sense of me writing down my feelings and then I'm like, okay, well, let's try and put this into a bunch of lyrics. I mean, into a bunch of melodies and things like that. And it just, kind of resonates with the people who have also gone through the same sort of thing but I mean it's never really an intention behind what I write
0: yeah it just happens to it happens to hit people that way i guess um yeah, apparently yeah <laughs> so i i did a little digging on the internet and i found out that you worked as a front desk manager at Texas A&M athletics uh, Do you find that on LinkedIn? Yeah. <laughs> so was that a pretty was that a pretty cool gig? Did you enjoy that? Or
1: yeah, it was totally fun. Um, I got to learn a lot from the people over there. But um, that was back when I was just now starting to get into the whole college aspect of everything. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was super fun. I got to work for Rodas Bjork for a while and um, oh, wow. uh, Rebecca for a while. It was great. Loved it. So you also played baseball.
0: Your freshman year of college and you were a catcher I was now did you play growing up your your whole life did you kind of what, what, what was your baseball career like and kind of summed up
1: um I started probably playing t-ball just like most of the kids who were my age and then just kept playing for all the way through Fayetteville and then when I moved down to college station kept playing travel ball um when I entered high school, I think I was pretty much four foot ten, four foot eleven, <laughs> and I was really small. Yeah. And I ended up hitting a growth spurt my junior year, and I grew eight nine inches, and oh
0: my gosh. then ended up
1: getting up to six foot. And I ended up going through playing the next two years as a catcher there. I didn't catch at all beforehand. I was a second base and shortstop, and then. I got moved there my junior year when we needed a catcher and then I ended up catching the next two years and then COVID happened and lost that year. And so I was originally going to A and M right after that and then I ended up deciding to go to a complete different direction because one of the biggest things for me is that I'd rather look at something in the f I'd rather look at something in the past and know that I made that decision and live with it rather than make that other one and then wonder what if for the next couple of years. I mean, I hate re- that regretful feeling. It's, it's one of those things that I knew would get me. So I just decided to up and move down there and ended up playing college ball for a year and super fun. Yeah. Did you, uh,
0: do you have any friends that kind of still that you're still in contact with from that
1: period? I am my roommate from uh freshman year lives with me right now at A&M. So
0: Oh, nice! Nice. Yeah. <laughs> what's what's like one of your favorite memories from that year playing at? Is a uh, remind. Can you help me with how this is pronounced? Is Latourno? Is that how you how you say Letourne. it? Yeah. Okay. Laturno. Yeah. What's yeah. like? What's what's the highlight of that of that season? Would you say?
1: Gosh. Um. <laughs> honestly, it's just. I mean, everything kind of just moves very quickly whenever you're doing college sports and the people who play college will also understand this when you're doing that kind of stuff for long periods of time, every day, the days just fly and you don't really sit there and stop and look at that moment. And you're like, okay, well, this is really cool. But um, I would say that it's more of the, the full experience rather than a specific memory. Cause I mean, I met a bunch of people that I still talk to, but it's more of that whole year, just kind of getting to, put my feet in the dirt and go through a little bit of adversity on my own. Cause I did, I, I wanted to move away from, from home, but I didn't know that it was going to be as difficult without my parents behind me. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was just very good for me to be able to get, get out on my own and figure out who I am outside of that hometown I've lived in the last six years.
0: Totally man. And um, do you, do you ever watch baseball and miss it now? Like when you're sitting there watching the Cubs or whatever, do you do you get do you sit there and want to get back
1: out on that field, or are you pretty much burnt out? <laughs> I'm I'm pretty much burnt out. I went out with an I went out with an injury, and I just looked at my ankle and I was like, you know what, I'm done. I know it'll heal, but I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I just got to hang them up now.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you play any yeah. other sports growing up, or was it mainly was it mainly baseball that you focused on?
1: I did. I played uh, basketball and soccer growing up. Um, soccer was one of those where. I wanted to do competitive but I couldn't really do pricing on baseball and soccer at the same time so I chose baseball but I played school basketball for a while but I was terrible um (laughs) I like I said earlier I mean I was four foot eleven so I learned how to shoot with one arm and had to do the whole shoulder movement into it (laughs) yeah then then I never learned how to actually shoot a basketball so if you Toss me a ball now. I'd probably whiff the entire rim.
0: <laughs> um, kind of going back to, um, kind of going back to baseball though. I I did also happen to find your uh senior baseball profile from high school, and oh wow. And so <laughs> let's go. I, I was I was thinking it'd be kind of fun to go over some of these things that you put in your senior profile and see like how if they're still true today or or if you've kind of right. changed your mind on them. So first of all, okay, it said. So one of the lists on here is other sports or activities. It says you're a avid ping pong player, apparently. Is that is that still something that you, you consider a hobby or Yeah,
1: dude, this this is really really nerdy. I I was there was a club at high school where I played it was a combined club called the chess and ping pong club and so I was a <laughs> I was an avid member in that every Friday. And I ended up like after school too, I just Go play chess and ping pong. It was so nerdy, but you know, it was fun. Yeah, I don't play either of them very much now because I don't really have a lot of free time. But, um, yeah, that's probably not true anymore. Yeah, no, that's,
0: that's pretty funny though. That's that's good, man. Um, okay, so we also got in here favorite subject, uh, U.S. history and eight a- or AP, U.S. history and AP stats. Man, that, that those don't sound like very fun classes to me. <laughs>
1: you know i always say it's the teacher that reflects how how the learning environment is Yeah, so. yeah. um mrs uh mrs crossway was that st- statistic teacher and then mr cryer um mr cryer was a ap teacher and he was tremendous great dude loved him
0: that's good yeah that's a good point um favorite movie on here we got moneyball is that still true yeah my- Moneyball or The Dark Knight Rises, one of the two. Oh, Dark Knight, that's that's a good pick, dude. Dark Knight Rises is a damn good movie. Oh yeah, Heath Definitely. Ledger, man, holy cow. Mm-hmm. Um, favorite artist? Oh boy, here we go. Fa- your favorite musical artist back there, and I, this is gonna, I'm curious to see if this one's true. Quinn X C I I, is that still yeah, true today?
1: Quinn ninety two was great. I went in into my freshman year and he was coming into a and m or he was coming into the call station playing a show at wolf creek and i mean i've always been kind of a music every everything so yeah i mean i don't really listen to one type of music i mean i like everything but he was just putting out a bunch of really really catchy stuff that yeah. year and i yeah it was great I love. i it probably not my favorite now but he's still really great
0: the more people i talk to about music the more i realize that everyone kind of listens to everything. There's there's very few people out there that are like, oh, I only listen to this genre. or And I think that people that say that are, are you know, at times a little ignorant because it's like, there's so much good music out there. You just got to open your ears up, you know?
1: I've always, it, it's been super weird because I feel like the people who said that they only listen to country music are either just being ignorant to themselves or they're just trying to appease somebody. I mean, mm-hmm. I've, I've grown up listening to pretty much everything. And so I never really classified myself in listening to one box, but I love making country music, mm-hmm. but I don't always love listening to country music. So it's crazy.
0: Yeah, no, I feel you there. Um, and, well, on that same note, your pregame song to get fired up before baseball games, we got it as Give It Away by Red Hot Chili Peppers. And that's that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good yeah. hype song there. I like that. Yeah, did yeah you, that's,
1: not, that's, that's a good one.
0: Did you ever listen to any rap or anything, or was it always kind of rock getting
1: ready for games? I, I would probably be one of those, I mean, you know how like the country scene has the pink cowgirl hats, you yeah, know, the yeah. everybody, <laughs> those kind of people. I, mean, <laughs> I feel like I would classify myself as that for rap. And, I just, <laughs> yeah. and so I don't know exactly what I would listen to, but it would just be the popular thing that everybody knows. And mm-hmm. I would just kind of tag along, but yeah. never, never really a rap guy, but I mean, I can get into like funk or alternative stuff. I like that.
0: Nice, and
1: the, and so I also
0: I also saw on TikTok that you uh you seem like a pretty big gym buff. Like seems like I saw a little TikTok where you're tagged in, and um so so what do you listen to in the gym, man?
1: I I have a playlist on my phone, and gosh, I don't know what it's what it's called. There's there's a couple where I look look pretty <laughs> look pretty weird, but. There's one called Close to Perfection. It's a photo of me eating Taco Bell in the photo. But um, <laughs> it's just a bunch of really weird stuff going all the way from like Noah Khan all the way through Drayton Farley to Cody Jinx. Just some weird stuff that's all pretty sad. I don't like happy music in the gym. <laughs> yeah. So, so, that, so you're not one of those guys
0: that's listening to like hard style EDM or, or metal. You don't like to get fired up. You kind of like to, to listen to that. That therapeutic music, I guess.
1: <laughs> I would say so. I've, I mean, my sophomore year, probably a little bit more of the hardcore. But I kind of settled down a little bit once I was trying, once I wasn't really trying to impress people, and I mm-hmm. settled in a little bit more with myself. Probably.
0: Now, how often do you go to the gym?
1: Every day. Every it's, day. Uh, it's very fun. I, I work there too, so I'm pretty much there for five five hours a day. Oh, dude, yep, you're speaking my language. I lo-
0: I love it. <laughs> what's your what's your bench right now? What's your max bench? Have you maxed recently?
1: Um, I'd probably say I I hit two sixty five earlier this year Damn. on a bench, but I really don't think that I I could put that back up right now because yeah, I don't I don't really train bench all too often for the powerlifting aspect, but mm-hmm. I like the bodybuilding side of it. So, are you bulking or cutting right now then? I'm neither I'm surviving, yeah, your maintenance <laughs> <laughs> have
0: you gotten into have you gotten into the whole calorie tracking and everything or in the supplementation? Are you like precise about that, or do you kind of just show up and do your thing?
1: freshman year when I was bulking for baseball, definitely, but because I wasn't really into the gym as much back then as like a more of a healthy kind of side, but it was more of I needed to gain weight so I could catch and hit balls farther but um i just ate everything anything that was put in front of me and i just downed it and then i ended up moving along and realizing that if i track everything and i go in and measure everything out i'm kind of losing the enjoyment of actually doing it for the right reason So. so i know there's a lot of people that do enjoy going to the gym but they do it more for like a bodybuilding which I totally respect but i just i don't do it for myself
0: so you so you're focused on more of the health aspect of everything then?
1: I, I guess so. I mean I yeah. do I do like the the occasional look in the mirror where I'm like, okay, this is cool. Yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> right? But do do you so would you call yourself like a
0: healthy person? Do you typically like eat pretty clean or do you kind of just you just do your thing, man,
1: eat whatever? Yeah. I'll tell you what, my dream is to be sponsored by Chick fil A, we'll put it that yeah,
0: way. yeah. <laughs> 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 Dude, that's I I love that dream. I, I hope we can make that hat. That would be so cool, man, if you could get Chick-fil-A to sponsor yeah, you. Oh,
1: my gosh. Maybe, they, maybe in a couple of years I'll look back at this moment and I'll, and I'll get it on there. On my Instagram, you can see me, and I posted a video where I have, I said the Chick-fil-A, the David P. Chick-fil-A fund. I, wanted, <laughs> I want that to happen. That would be cool, dude. <laughs> I
0: remember I went to, um, what was it, in 2021, I went to Tyler Childers at Red Rocks, and yeah. I remember coming out, dude, and Well, first of all, that concert just like, you know, it's just, it just reeks of weed, right? So everyone's there getting stoned and whatever. And then I thought it was like the most genius business idea. As soon as you walk out of Red Rocks, Chick-fil-A had a little catering booth set up there, dude. They were selling chicken sandwiches and they sold out like that, man. I mean, everyone was just coming there, throwing their money at it. And I think they do
1: that at most Red Rocks concerts. Um, Yeah, we were we were were at Dollar Beers last night down in, um, gosh, trying to remember the place. Um, gosh, I can't remember. But um we were at Dollar Beers and then they had um pizza there. Like just complimentary pizza and every every drunk person there was just downing it. It was great. <laughs> yeah. I bet. Now do you like to do you like to go out
0: with your friends? Or are you or are you more of a stay in guy at this point?
1: I am I am a stay in until I am forced to go out. I don't yeah. like leaving the house very much. But you know, yeah you always got to live while you're young. And so, I mean, if they want me to go out or if someone in in my friend group or something like that tells me to, then, you know, I will, I'm not, you know, an, an, like a complete devil. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm a too sometimes.
0: Right. Well, and, and so like, what is, what's an ideal like Saturday night for you then? If you like to stay in, what are you just, are you chilling? Are you, are you watching like Netflix or, or kind of what, what's your ideal Saturday night?
1: Hmm. Um, I don't really watch too much Netflix nowadays. I used to, but um, I'd probably say everybody just very, very calm in the house, not a lot of loud noise, just mm-hmm. sitting down, and maybe, maybe uh, Sour Skittles, something like that. I don't know. That, I'm looking at Sour Skittles right now in, yeah. in the other part of my computer, so that's probably why I said that, but… <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, just like a relaxing night, just in bed, just not too much to do, just nice and easy. I said,
0: <laughs> dude, I'm I'm totally with you, and you're and you're 21, right? I am now. yeah. <laughs> well, congratulations, but yeah, no, dude, Thanks. I, I, I feel the same way. It's like being being that age; everyone wants you to kind of go out, and it's kind of like expected. But it's once you once you learn that, uh, once you learn about what it feels like to wake up on a Saturday and you're not hungover you you kind of don't want to yeah. go back. <laughs> I mean, you know, it kind of becomes almost a little bit of a chore, plus so expensive. It's like, yeah. but um, another, so like kind of on the subject of bars and everything, like are there any venues that you would kill to like play? Like if you could just choose three venues um, that would be your like dream places to play, what would those three venues be?
1: I think that playing at the, at Billy Bob's would be really cool. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, I've never been able to go, but I've seen a lot of things over there. Um green uh green hall would be mm-hmm. really cool, and then every every person who does this kind of thing will obviously say the grand Ole Opry oh, yeah. someday in the future, but i mean that that kind of a thing is so slim i just I just don't think that people are really able to get there unless you have the right people behind you to help it make it happen so oh. yeah.
0: yeah, well, you know yeah. you can always dream i mean I think that there's there's I think you, you gotta give yourself a little more credit, man. I think there's a there's a good chance you could you could be playing some of those someday. But um so also have you like have you been to Nashville yet? Have you seen the Grand Ole Opry?
1: I I've been to Nashville, I think it was somewhere somewhere around like six or seven years ago when I was um I was traveling going to see the Louisville A M game. I think they were playing in the music city bowl. Could be wrong, but there's something around there and so I got to see it but I wasn't really looking for anything in particular while I was down there it was just more of like the atmosphere around what we were going there to do so I would love to be able to go to Nashville and actually see everything that people talk about but I've never been are you a big travel guy or not really I mean I I like vacations but I mean I, I'd probably rather stay home yeah. I I think that you can get a lot out of relaxing at home versus relaxing where you have to spend thousands of dollars <laughs> yeah that's a good point is there any
0: vacation that you kind of look back on fondly that you've gone? Like what's like one of the better vacations you've gone on?
1: Oof. There, there was a cruise we went on a couple of years ago. It was pretty fun where we went down to Jamaica. I got food poisoning on that trip. Oh, that gee. was terrible. <laughs> Just, I, I, it was like a hard rock cafe in Jamaica and I, it was the worst experience of my life. It was terrible. And then we had to ride in a van all the way, um, Probably like five, ten miles and I, I was so sick. It was terrible. Oh jeez. Well, if you're
0: if you're listening but to I this mean, right now, you gotta go leave a, a bad Yelp review for the Hard Rock Cafe in Jamaica for giving David food poisoning. That's brutal. It just ruined your trip. That's <laughs> dude, all the money you guys spent down there and you just oh, that sucks, dude.
1: <laughs> no, other than that though, I mean the trip was great. I just I remember that in particular, and I was like, man, that was a rough night. Yeah. <laughs> that was not fun. I bet,
0: dude. Oh, being sick on vacation sucks. Are you a big concert guy, though? Do you like to go to concerts quite a bit? I mean, you guys got so many good good venues in Texas. I know they're kind of spread out, but it seems like everyone's
1: rolling through Texas. I mean, obviously. Yeah. If I were to go to a concert, it'd probably be somewhere at Harry's or at the Tap, somewhere along there. Um I usually only go if I'm very, very, very invested in that band. So, like, I think it was back in October, Muscadine came down here, mm-hmm. and I love, love Muscadine. I probably listen to all their stuff, yeah, at least once a day. And so, <laughs> I went down there and I got to watch them at Harry's, and it was great. Um, I, I like concerts. I I wouldn't go to a concert if I didn't know their music because I feel like that's just one of those things where you just sit there while other people sing and you feel awkward
0: yeah so. yeah no i understand that i've I've been to a few concerts like that it's, it is awkward you're 100 percent right <laughs> yeah. um now dude with uh with grady smith covering your covering your ep are you a big grady smith fan do you watch his videos quite a bit
1: been watching him for about a year um yeah i got to talk to grady a little bit and uh you know he's a great guy i mean i told him uh, pretty much exactly what i'm telling you about how everything is pretty much homemade and he completely understood all of the stuff that was going into it and he gave a review based off of um, what he saw from his perspective of my perspective and mm-hmm. so with what we had and what we came together um, I i it was really special being able to watch him be able to go through it which was pretty surreal for me because I you know like I said I've been watching him for a while but yeah uh, he's a great guy I love talking to him
0: for a lot of people that I guess aren't necessarily that into the independent country scene that is like that is like the staple man that's a big deal getting on Grady Smith's channel that's about yeah that's about as good of exposure as you can get on there now another guy that is kind of a similar style to you that Grady Smith has mentioned would be Sam Barber have you really like listened to any of his stuff
1: I have i I really I haven't really gotten the chance to get to know him very well. Um we we're in a little group chat, um on Snapchat with there's a couple of people who just kinda made a big group and I got added into it. And so <laughs> I'm a I'm a little out of my reach on that one because I don't really know anybody in yeah. there besides uh Lathan. Oh, Lathan, but, yeah,
0: dude. Lathan's good too.
1: Yeah. Uh me and Lathan are uh we talk pretty regularly on Snapchat. He matches my energy pretty well. So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd probably say him and uh Aiden Canfield are the guys that I talk to the most. You talk to Aiden Canfield too? I do. Aiden and I are good buddies. See, his
0: stuff is good too, man. He's cause he's he's a lot like man, you guys are all kind of You guys are all such gifted songwriters, dude. I don't know how you guys do it. I sit down. I could read you one of I tried to sit down and write a song the other day cuz I was like, "Ah, oh, I'm going to give it a shot, you know. Let's see what I do." Dude, it, you'd laugh your ass off if I read that thing to you. It is terrible. It is so bad. I was like, <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god. I was like, I'm just going to put this away. I'm I'm done. I'm going to go for the podcast instead."
1: <laughs> it's it, it's definitely a weird thing. I don't really know how other people approach it, but typically when I I do it, I usually make a mistake on the guitar and then uh-huh. I can just go off of that and just write write a chorus and then fill in the blanks
0: yeah you don't really have like a set process do you where you sit down you're like i'm going to write music right
1: now or oh no dude i i tried to do that and i just i can't sit down and just start with a blank page and just like finish something because unless i like unless there are people around me that kind of push me to get it done i'm like i there there are some songs where i will take 30 minutes like Damaged Dens, I wrote Damaged Dens in probably 30 to 40 minutes. And then I wrote, um, gosh, what was it? There was one off that EP that took a while. Eternity took two weeks of me sitting down at night trying to figure out what I was supposed to do. And I could not figure it out. And the difference between the two is like so crazy because – I wrote damaged ends in a completely different key and then I ended up switching it back when I accidentally played that little, the guitar part yeah. and I made that mistake and I went, Oh, that's interesting. And then I realized that it kind of fit well with something I already wrote and I was like, okay, I'll put it together. And then, it, you know, it went from there.
0: Man, that's pretty cool. It's It's, it's kind of cool to hear how these songs come together because
1: yeah, yeah. man, I don't know. I don't know how you do mistake. it. What's up? It was a complete mistake. It was a complete <laughs> mistake. I did not mean to. Do it. I was trying to play. Um, believe it or not. Yeah. I was trying to play the, the Luke come song. Um, the one that just came out going, going, Gone," oh, And yeah. I was trying to play it. Like when I'm, when I was doing the slide and I made the mistake and I went, that's cool. <laughs> <And> just, <laughs> from there. Yeah.
0: Well, I was, I, Hey, I was asking when the other side of the EPs kind of come out, dude, it's gotta be whatever Luke Combs' next release date is. I assume that's when you're going to release yours, right?
1: <laughs> that was, that was nuts. I, I was looking back at that and I was like, come on, dude. And then <laughs> I, we were planning on actually putting out um, the EP on March 3rd. And then the day before we were going to upload it, morgan wallen dropped dropped that announcement (laughs) and we we went through i was sitting there looking at my phone i'm like oh you gotta be kidding me there's no way this is real (laughs) yeah there was there were two two ways that that could have gone we were either gonna keep it on the third and then try and use wallen's um, country sway during the week and try and get a little bit more views on it but The other option was to release on Muscadine's Day when they released their album and try and just take a little bit of that. And so we went with the safer option because at that point, and judging by how Wallen's release has gone, Uh we made the right choice. Yeah, Staying with the 24th or whatever day it was. I think it was 24th.
0: Now, speaking of uh, Morgan Wallen's new release, there's like, he kind of dapples in with... uh... With quite a bit of, I guess, subgenres and genres on that album. Um, what's your, what's your opinion on, on kind of how many subgenres there are in country music and, and kind of where you fall in all of that?
1: The way that I heard it the other day kind of made a lot of sense to me. With how they did it, was they, they, they have just kind of expanded country in so many directions right now. They mm-hmm. just created a bunch of subgenres for it, and they just basically all classified under one big thing. And I mean that makes sense to me. I mean I probably wouldn't go out and be like, make a rock song and then put it under country right away. But I felt like with, for the EP, for example, that there were so many genres that kind of split around it, that the biggest one that matched the middle was just the country labeling.
0: Yeah. I think that's, that's a pretty good way to put it. Well, David, thank you so much for coming on, dude. Like, I really appreciate it. Um, it was wonderful interviewing you. Uh, wish you the best of luck. We'll, we'll definitely be chatting again sometime. Um, and yeah, it's been, it's been an absolute honor and we wish you the best of
1: luck. It's been a great time, dude. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much, everybody for tuning in today. Please go follow us on Instagram at honky.tonk.heroes. Stay updated on more podcasts.
1: Have a good one.